Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps podcast. Welcome to the Mac DevOps podcast. Today I'm joined by my very dapper and congenial co-host, Jack Daniel. How's it going, JD? Oh, JD. Hey, Matt. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm just, I, I'm honored to be in your presence. You're very dapper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I am not wearing an MDO shirt like you are. I, Oh, but you've got like, you know, you know, a shirt with a collar. And well, you know, you got to be fancy. You are we're, fancy. You are. We're, we're, we're consulting from behind closed doors, you know, as we <laughs> are. We uh, hit day 253rd of uh, March. March. <laughs> I think it's finally affecting you, JD. Um, today we rejoin forces with our amazing and awesome co-host, Shauna. How are you? How's it going? No, just hanging ten, kicking it. How how are you doing? It's been a while. Oh yeah, you know, twenty twenty has been one heck of a year. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just all the way around. I mean, can it get any better at this point? Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> That's being a lot here. Uh, I'm just hoping it gets better. That's all. <laughs> Instead of worse, which would be terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, you know. Bu- buckle up. <laughs> buckle up. I'm getting strapped in, y'all. Heck of a decade. Forget the Oh, year. yeah. <laughs> going out with a bang or going in with a bang, right? And, uh, yeah, it's it's nothing short of exciting this year. Um, uh, it's it's I, actually been an interesting year technology-wise, though. I mean, uh, you know, with all of the changes for how conferences are being led. I mean, we had that with, with even Mac DevOps, YVR. Uh, and and moving to virtual, and we're seeing uh, like big big conferences like CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, is going virtual, and I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. But the, uh, so we've seen a lot of changes that way, and and also in the tech front. I mean, Apple's WWDC was probably the most accessible uh, conference that I've seen from Apple, and I've been to a lot of WWDCs, so. Uh, and a lot of new cool things between Apple Silicon and uh, a new OS that can't decide on what version it is, 10.11 or 10.16, 17, 18, 20, whatever it is, right? Lots of changes. So Yeah, Mac OS teenager. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got an attitude problem with this Mac OS. <laughs> right. It's good stuff. Strano, what have you uh, what have you remarked so far on the tech front? Um, well, the at least from my experience, the rapid um, departure from the office setting, you know, and the challenges that has has you know al- allowed people to overcome. I think that that's been the most pivotal thing for me. At least this year, we had to, you know, take a bunch of um, bunch of our team from our three different offices, well, technically four offices, (laughs) 
and and take them completely remote in you know a matter of days. Um, so that's been really awesome learning to um, to leverage more tools that allow people to do things remotely. Um, we're kind of you know I think people are now realizing that there is a point you know now where you can run a company completely without an op- office. Like we're proving that. So um, that's been really exciting, I think, um, from a not so gloomy perspective on what's <laughs> been going on in 2020. <laughs> that's a lot of empty office space in, in Alexandria and Maryland, then it's going to oh, be yeah. abandoned if this is the case, right? Oh, yeah. We were planning to do a crazy like build out of my office, and that is not happening now. Um, we have almost all but decided to completely go remote. Um, and use our wow. our office spaces as co-working spaces. So that's a change. It's, yeah, it's really cool. Will you be able to come in like as you want and and work out of that space? Is that the idea, or are you actually going to open it up further to to other individuals outside the company? I think it's just uh, for us. Like I, I know that okay. certain departments will be there more often than others. HR, um, right. <laughs> like probably not HR. It, actually, no, we don't. Really. Um, we don't have. It would probably end up being the like teams that that do the most customer interfacing and interacting. Um, it probably end up being those folks, um, and then our legal team. So, because they have to be there, because like the mail and all the physical stuff, they actually have to do. Right. But everybody else, I mean, all the tech teams and stuff like that, they like, you know, they're learning to collaborate without the use of actual offices and being physically close to each other. So how it's going it well. How's it affected the like on-premise server rooms versus cloud and the acceleration of going to cloud or offsite or we have been moving at lightning speed to move everything to the cloud. <laughs> we had a PBX like in the like physical phone servers. Oh wow. Yeah. Um and we have gotten rid of those completely. I shut those down like uh, two weeks ago. Um, but, you know, my, you know, porting phone numbers and stuff, it's like not, not much fun. <laughs> but once, once you do it, it's like, you know, you've, you've made everybody's life a hundred percent easier. We don't even need the physical phones anymore. Everybody just uses the soft phone if they need a phone, you know? Um, but now with like, the way we use email and the way we use Slack for everything, like people don't really use phones either. So yeah, that's interesting. Old people. Yeah, unless it's like an utter, like you know, like an emergency. I'm not like, and even then, it's Slack. You know, Slack. I call most of my colleagues on Slack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm having is I'm having this discussion is that uh, I'm getting a lot of users that want to do tech support via text. And I mean, it could be via Slack or some other way, but just like the message after message after message. And I have to use, you know, I have to try and explain that there's a difference between synchronous communications, phone, Zoom, anything where we can hear each other back and forth, and then asynchronous email, texting, where a response is not necessarily going to be automatically following your text. Sure, you might have a tweet storm or a Slack storm or something, but it's not exactly sure that you're actually communicating at the same time about the same thing. I mean, I can talk to anybody in a Slack channel and we can have five conversations going on at once. So, you know, it's just, it can be very frustrating where you're spending hours texting back and forth when 
you could maybe solve things in a quick Zoom or a quick phone call or a quick synchronous communication. <laughs> Sometimes, oh, yeah. uh, you know, that that's tough, though, to arrange time and 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 things like that, especially when you, uh, you know, a lot of folks still have family at home and kids at home and things like that. So they're just trying to kind of whip off that message, you know, through a text message. Um, I, I might have given a talk about uh, managing and, and corralling your your help desk that way. And I found that having a uh, text integration into your help desk so that they can continue to text with you, but you use your actual help desk system, in my case, Zendesk, uh, to carry out that conversation uh, helps me, you know, have that communication in, in a way that I could share with, uh, a, you know, a, a colleague or a junior tech or, or what have you, but allows them to continue to communicate the way they want to via text message, but I'm using, you know, my help desk system or if they want to use Facebook chat or something like that. You, you can integrate systems like that into the help desk. I think that that helps, but yeah, getting, this is why I don't give away my personal phone number to anybody anymore because they, they feel that if they can get you by, by a text message that you're going to answer them right now. And this is the bane of my parental tech support. I mean, Parental, yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, like Slack is kind of like that, where people will, you know, navigate around the the um, the ticketing system as much as humanly possible. But um, I think it's a matter of training, you know, still being nice, but being like, hey, could you submit a ticket? Um, usually, I just blame it on my boss and say, hey, um, I'll get fired if I continue to take, <laughs> <laughs> you know, requests without. You know, having the form the formality of a ticket. Could you please do me the the favor of of throwing a ticket in there? That would be great. Um, so usually there's not a whole lot of pushback, but there's been like a little bit of where in the office people are more formal and will make tickets and like won't you know kind of walk up on me. I don't get a whole lot of that, but with this it's now it's like oh okay I'll just slack her or message her. Um, so there's been you know figuring out getting people to understand that there's a line between, you know, <laughs> trying to, to hop in, like to, trying to navigate around the queue, right? Because it's a line yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> you got to wait in the line. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't personally use a like a, a ticket system, a formal ticket system. But, you know, I created a whole Slack team so that we could try and organize issues by a channel. So all the channels will be certain issues. But for me, a text storm is good to get maybe my get get my attention maybe but it's it's kind of out of channel because i want people to either put it in slack or an email so that in slack is useful so that if it answers a question it answers it for other people sort of like a mini version of the mac in slack but try to you know keep the email problems to the email channel or the vpn problems to the vpn channel or something like that and um, sometimes just trying to keep up with a, 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 a you know a rapid fire text you know <laughs> uh, storm do you find um, that uh, people actually search Slack for answers before they reach out to you? Or are you basically searching Slack and going, here, look, two two months ago or two weeks ago, we had this conversation? Yeah, it's kind of like when uh, it's, it's similar to Monkey. Or it's like they may not use Monkey sometimes, but I know everything's in Monkey. And I can even if I had to remote right. into the machine and run Monkey for them or do something like that, I know it's all organized in there. And so I would be like, hey, that answer that was answered in the Slack, or if I have an answer, I'll make sure it's posted. It's kind of like a wiki, you know, um, 
in that sense for solving problems. Say, hey, if somebody's having a problem with activating their Outlook and their Office 365 account, other people are having the same issue probably at the same time because the same <laughs> network problems. Or, you know, it's like, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I have one client who I've known for forever and will always send me a text message to start the conversation. And I immediately move that into the help desk system. And mm-hmm. she mentioned to me the other day, she's like, every time I, I text you, I get an email back i don't understand (laughs) because i'm corralling that conversation that way so i found that especially when i had the retail store um you know it was sometimes just easier to like go create that ticket for them and just copy and paste that in and and open the ticket up for them or move that conversation to the the platform that i wanted to hold it on um but yeah we're we're creatures of habit and we want to use yeah. whatever we think is easiest, but even you, even the three of us have had conversations between three different platforms all at the same time. <laughs> so we're, I think we're all guilty of this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to put a conference on and we're texting each other and slacking each other and discording each other all at the same time. It, it can be a little disjointed. <laughs> and I mean, Sometimes it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my kids don't understand email at all. If I email them something, they're just like, what is that? You know, and right. email is something you use to log into services and data has created certain email accounts we use to access services, but they don't actually respond to email. But I find to keep track of issues, email is easier than trying to scroll back through texting or Slack or anything. An email chain is a bit easier to follow. Um, I mean, tickets would be the ultimate if you're really trying to be very clear about how many times you've answered that VPN thing or solved this problem or that problem. But Yeah, but with tickets, you have a whole other level of like, um, at least with our ticketing system, we use Jira for our ticketing system um, as well as like for as a project management tool. So we kind of use it in more than one way. Also, our like do- uh, all of our documentation is in Confluence and that kind of thing. Um, but that requires like a large amount of administration. I think, um, and setting it up and getting new spaces set up if you need a new space for something. And there's always new new projects and, and, new, and new things, at least, you know, for the help desk, all the things stay in, in the ticketing system. But when it comes to kind of managing the projects, I think we have like different spaces for different projects, depending upon whatever um, interface we're looking for. So that's where it gets kind of complicated. Um, at least for me, because I, I I think we we end up my team ends up doing all of the 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 integrations and all of the setting up Jira and all the Atlassian tools. So that becomes like a whole other task. <laughs> At least the way we use it, it's like you know it's it's work. It doesn't just you know organize itself. Yeah, the care and feeding of your tools and your 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 infrastructure. <laughs> Right, there's like overhead, like, and and trying to also keep it accessible because you have so many people answering so many questions, right? So it's like, you know, where do things live? Um, and figuring that out becomes becomes a task. It's also helping organize that communication too, right? And and making sure yeah. that you you have those checklists and you, you know, project management is a whole whole another thing that that I don't think we in DevOps 
focus on enough. I and mean, that's part of, you know, the, the book club that we're trying to start here, right? We're talking about DevOps for dummies and, uh, you know, and how to, you know, kind of break projects up into smaller chunks and, and, and not be months down the road before you're evaluating it and saying, oh, wow, we totally misstepped on day two and now we're six months down the road or whatever. Um, so, Yes, it's some upfront work, but I think it, it pays out uh, in the end for for allowing a larger team to to work together. Totally true. Yeah, and I think uh, you're we were talking today earlier in the book club about how you we wanted to focus on uh, that how to get people into DevOps and how to get your team to to buy into it uh, as our disc will be our discussion for next week, uh, um, the next time. Uh, and I, I yeah, I, I see that so often in all these like siloed groups in different IT departments that don't necessarily always work together or um, everybody's doing their own job. Um, but. <laughs> well, and it's setting up fiefdoms, right? I mean, that, that is what so many of the IT and IS departments have been uh, for, for, you know, decades on end is, the, you know, we, we control databases, we control servers, we control the network and neither the, the twain shall meet, but, this is mine. You can't have it. If you want something from it, you will barter with me, uh, you know, and, and we're just going to make your life miserable until I get cookies or whatever it is that I want to, in order to give you access to open that port. Um, instead of encouraging people to work together and, and trust one another that, you know, if you're going to open that port, there's going to be some checks down the road on why you open that port and other people are going to check your work on that to make sure you open just the one port that you needed in the firewall or set up that server the particular way that needed to be set up. But otherwise, you know, we trust you go ahead and do that. And, and it's a, it is a paradigm shift. We trust you. Wow. You're shocking me. You've heard, you've, some, you've been told that before or, you know, I'd never get that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the hope is that, that they'll trust us. Right. So uh, it, it's not, it's not the uh, trust us we're the, we're from the government you know type of thing but uh, <laughs> we're we're all working toward a common goal right Correct. and like technology changes so often um, that you know what some people might have experience with or might have knowledge about others might not have knowledge about it right so a lot of times when different departments control different aspects of of the technology you you get that weird silo where like it's hard to to make strides for the company or for the institution that you work for because there's you know so much red tape um and no trust but i think that um at least with with my my current situation um we kind of we have like a very flat structure like it's incredibly flat like there is no ownership like with the exception of like um certain servers um i we can almost do almost anything with the okay of our like leadership so it's um it's very we, we, it's it's hard to call it like agile <laughs> because a lot of aspects of what we do are not like at all agile but um i think i think that like having a team that trusts you and like 
believes in your ability to to change things for the better is incredibly important especially now that we don't see each other as often as we do like you can't just waltz into a room and be like hey i want to do this cool thing you know it's more like you have to kind of make sure your dots in a row your documentations together and that you're like you know kind of build a case for it but i think it's better for for you know for everybody to to kind of allow allow that flexibility because you you can't how how else would you be able to do anything with with all the red tape you know yeah i mean does your team back you up are you backing up other people do multiple people have the same role and they take turns or are people siloed in, even within your flat structure like you're in charge of confluence and i'm in charge of jam for something like that or there's none of that literally none of that um but our teams it's pretty small um yeah. but we we just we're you know it's it's hard to explain this because i i've never actually seen this anywhere other than this company <laughs> um but um we have a devops department and then we have system administrators um and those two things are like kind of different they don't really do a whole lot of intersecting um and if we you know we do intersect i'm a, i'm a system administrator if i get into more of the devops role it's it, it's more involved with the virtual servers and that kind of thing aws that kind of thing the majority of what i do is not in there so you know i'm in azure or you know working with um intune or airwatch or whatever and if i need to 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 punch a hole in the firewall or something i talk to my team we agree on it and we take it to our manager and he's like cool and what do you want to do this for and i'm like for this reason he's like all right straight <laughs> that's just how it works like there's no there's not a whole lot of like pushback it's kind of like you know we 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 identify a problem we find a solution or various solutions and then we implement it's it's like it just it just happens that way you know there's not like a whole lot of asking um so that's it's just we have different people with different levels of experience or um different people who have done different things like i don't i think i'm probably i'm definitely the only like mac admin at my job so when it comes to most things mac they come to me and also when it comes to most things telephony strangely <laughs> people come to me um that kind of fell in my lap so like there is like you know some people who are more inclined or know a little bit more but that doesn't stop others from making suggestions you know like there are no like we own all of it together um and we kind of make decisions as a unit and if we don't agree then like it doesn't go anywhere there is no like oh you got to do this cuz i say do this like there there's not there's none of that we don't have like a crazy bossy person on the team um which i think is really a talent management problem unless of a technology problem <laughs> beyond the the team uh for your your actual your users though are they reaching out to you for help or and and letting you know what they want to get done uh and seeing if they if your team can help them achieve their goals oh yeah right. oh yeah there's a ton of that um it but really they let us know like when there's a problem you know um for instance there was there are different groups um in azure that we allow to have um certain security settings so that they can do certain things 
um, and HR was asking us, hey, like, is there a way? You, there's this one distribution group we have that, like, <laughs> we we man we have to manually update it, and they were wondering if there was a way that we could use a product um, that they use in their HR department, you know, like an HRIS system right. um, to create dynamically create this group so that we didn't have to manually change it. Um, there's stuff like that, you know, where they're like, hey, we have this problem. You you got a solution, <laughs> and we and we work that out. You know, usually we work that out. So there's a ton of that um, making things happen for different departments that need it. Um, but we we make these decisions based upon priority level, right? Like mm-hmm. how important is this? Um, something like that isn't super important, but I would try to give them like a time frame. Like this is how soon I can have this done for you. You know, there's like even of the people that like. Um, like we have a scrum master and we have, um, a pro like some teams have product owners. We don't really have a product owner. We just have a scrum master and then our manager, but the scrum master does all the organization. And then, um, our manager just like, okays, whatever thing we need to do, whatever change we need to implement. Um, and he's super, you know, lenient or trusts us about the decisions we make. And if things hit the fan, <laughs> he always takes the L for us. <laughs> and that happens, you know, things don't always go perfectly. Um, but, you know, it's, I think a lot of times when you have a lot of that red tape and stuff, those are like, those are like, you know, I now I believe that they're just, that that's talent management. Like, that's totally talent management where you've got like the dude that stops all the cool stuff. Or the dude does a, that doesn't listen to anybody else, you know? So, I don't really, like, that's not really a thing anymore. I mean, I've seen it, you know, I've, I've experienced it other places, but here it's not like that at all. I mean, it's, I can I can honestly say it's pretty progressive. Um, but that's, it's, that's rare. That's not every, every situation. I have a friend that works at a pretty large, he's a system administrator at a, pretty large company that we all know and love and he uh, he runs into a lot of that uh, a lot of that that red tape where like I'm big daddy of whatever system and you can't do this because I said so um, but that makes it hard to work hard to use your imagination um, and nobody likes that it's not fun and you tend to see more turn on teams like that right so yeah yeah the, people don't want to stick around you know yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to be a part of that. People don't value what you bring to the table and that kind of thing. That's crazy, you know. Well, um, people will do what they can to get their job done because that's what they're trying to do. So if people stand their way, then there's the tendency to sometimes have shadow IT or shadow processes that aren't official anymore, and people are just doing whatever they can to get their job done. And if it seems like IT is in their way, then they're going to root around it like some bad packets on the internet (laughs) oh yeah and then you've got like systems that are set up to not you know that are kind of jankily set up and you got tech debt that comes with that right somebody's got to own that crap when the person leaves (laughs) like you know if if it's even discovered right i mean right yeah i have so many uh, so many organizations where like you know the 
graphic arts department goes and plugs in their own WAP because they're like, the Wi-Fi is not good enough in this corner or I can't get on it. So I just brought my own WAP from home and plugged it in. It's like, <laughs> what? You did, no, but like I also yeah. found it within a day of them plugging it in because we're constantly doing network scans and you can't do this. And I'm like, well, I can't get on the Wi-Fi. I'm like, not. I'm sorry, but also you can't do this. So, yeah. I mean, I had at one point a couple of years ago, I had uh, somebody who they were streaming a little bit too much. And, uh, you know, you can control these things with, with the network router to basically reduce how much bandwidth they have. And they literally went to like the store and bought a longer Ethernet cable and plugged into the Ethernet jack in the conference room and strung a cable across the floor plug their computer in so the because that port was not limited right people <laughs> people are amazing at working around problems they are <laughs> but if you don't build your infrastructure to encompass that or at least be flexible to the fact that people will do whatever the hell they want to do and find <laughs> a way to make it so that they don't injure themselves or injure your systems while doing right. it like you know well, why fight against the current when you can just go with it I mean, if help desk or tier one is not really knowledgeable and just tells you to restart your computer and they don't know anything about anything and the actual people that are controlling the infrastructure don't respond to help requests or help you, then people are not going to wait weeks for an answer to something. You know, <laughs> they may give you a day, maybe, you know, but it's like uh, I have troubleshoot a lot of problems by just going, okay, I'm just going to put this computer on my personal hotspot and see, oh, yeah, they can't actually log in Office 365 because Microsoft is blocked at the firewall because somebody didn't think about that before, uh, you know, moving the accounts over to Office 365. Oh, and, you know, it's like, <laughs> is that a problem? Yeah, you're moving to 365 but blocking 365 at the same time? I, I don't so see the problem here. Decommissioning the on-prem exchange server and have to go out of the internet to go see the mic it's like ah wait a minute maybe the network's the problem ah yes the network is the problem <laughs> like, oh man that's a zoo right there but, yeah, but no, that no. happens that's like that's a true oh, challenge yeah. right there yeah no, we, we should be moving challenge. to zero trust networking anyway and and yeah stopping this this idea of of networks are somehow a moat around all of the computers and things are safe inside that that you know, the boundaries of, of the business. And we're seeing that, right? As, as more people are working from home and maybe they're using a VPN to get back into the network, maybe, you know, they're just on their home network and trying to get things done. Um, we need secure endpoints now more more than, more than so than ever. Preach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, organizations, you know, doing that weren't doing it, we're doing, now doing split DNS or something. So some services go out, some services go in, you know, and, uh, I mean, a lot of services are going to the cloud, as Shauna said, right? Like, you know, we started MacDevops six years ago because we're seeing this trend of moving more to someone else's data center and, you know, all this infrastructure as a service. And So, so this I is mean, your fault. Oh, wait. This is my fault, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to prepare everyone for the pandemic. You know? it's like, uh, but yeah, I still, the, the joke is still going to be funny for me. It's like CIO, CEO, or COVID-19, which is the greatest agent of change, you know? It's like, <laughs> right. Yeah, COVID-19 is I would say COVID-19. Yeah, people are moving quickly, right? Um, oh, yeah. But it's it's been a really great thing, I think, for technology and for humans in general. I think we're, like, at a point where people are, like, 
working themselves to like utter exhaustion like that's become normal at least in america <laughs> oh everywhere everywhere I mean. there's like a you know a shorter line between what is your personal life and what is your work life right like it's harder to separate but i think now because there's less travel and um, people are finding more of a balance I'm still struggling, but <laughs> there's less there's less of a commute, you know, to visit, you know, on-prem, you know, I mean, I, I definitely visited a lot of people on site for the infrastructure because I do the storage and, you know, and all that kind of stuff and backups and on a lot of on-prem stuff. But yeah, it's nice to not have to go commute, you know, and a lot of people do commute hours to work wherever they are. And so a lot of companies like even Apple were that were like, you have to work on campus, you know. A lot of they've had to change their the way they work, and I think that's great for a lot of people. I mean, my kids don't really appreciate it, but I love being here with them, and, and a lot of families are <laughs> having a great time being with their families. And uh, so I, I think you know I hope that that some of this changes for the for the better, you know, and people can spend more time with their families. And I mean, their babies very for a very short amount of time, and they grow up so fast and. I mean, ever since I became a, a, a consultant, I've tried to spend more time at home, you know, getting the kids from school or meeting them after school, taking them to classes, you know, and now, now they can't wait for you to leave. Oh, yeah. In no time at all. They're like, Dad, are, are you going out <laughs> are somewhere going? tonight? Are you, can you leave, leave us alone for a little bit? Can, isn't there a conference <laughs> you have to go to? Or can you just leave me alone? I want to stay in my room and not come out. So, I mean, from baby to, to teenager very quickly. So <laughs> enjoy the kids while you can. <laughs> I, I think the, the most interesting thing I've read about uh, the lack of commute is the dissatisfaction among people who walked or biked to work mm -hmm. on a regular basis and had that commute. Those folks are missing are missing yeah. out right and and i'm like but you can get on your bike and go for a ride for an hour or whatever it yeah. took you to get and just go in a circle right i what well, <laughs> but you know we're again human and if we don't have a destination in mind we may not actually want to get out and and, and do that so uh, yeah i thought that was an interesting paradigm i i say this as i have a destination because i have an office yeah. to, to ride to and and uh we we ride back and forth even in this sweltering heat of 39 degrees celsius or damn near 100 degrees fahrenheit insane. Insane. Yes, it's too hot but yeah i wake up as early as i can in the morning and i go for a long bike ride and i have a couple destinations but usually one nice park uh, with some flowers and bring my camera and i just like take a picture of the flower at the top of this hill and then go back you know it's like right it just gives me something to do um but yeah i tackle a couple of hills and early enough in the morning i noticed more and more people are on the roads later but um but yeah it's it's nice to get out early especially when it's hot later in the day and it does feel like a bit of a commute and it's also a good bit of exercise just to wake you up and i really yeah, like I've that i got the dog so i gotta go go walk yeah. my my baby sasha every <laughs> morning and at night oh, usually man. i don't walk her at night but i do the morning <laughs> I don't mind that because I, I wake up so early. Like, I'm so used to the commute. My commute's like an hour. So I'm so used to the commute that I wake up and I like, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll like make breakfast and like walk the dog. And like, like I actually do normal things now. Before it was like, oh, grab a granola bar, run out the door to go get in the car and sit in there for an hour, you know. Um, that's not the case. Like spending two hours a day in the car. Now it just seems so ridiculous. I'm like, what the heck? was I doing <laughs> you know it seems so like silly now and like if I were to go to the office sometimes I do go to the office um if I know no one's gonna be there 
Um, but it actually takes me, actually, without rush hour and without all the people, it only takes me like 30 minutes to get there. Um, so it just seems more relaxed. There's like, I have less anxiety in the morning, you know? Yeah. And after Being work. Stuck in traffic, you know? It's like LA traffic or even Seattle traffic. It's just like bonkers, you know? Like every direction, everywhere. And. Even Vancouver, I know people commute two hours because they go further and further away from the city because it's more and more expensive. So they'll commute two hours plus to get to work to, you know, and now they can sit at home with their kids and remote in. And I mean, yeah, I listen to fewer podcasts if I'm not driving for sure. And, <laughs> you know, but uh, as a cyclist, most of the time, I, uh, I'm happy to not get hit by any more cars. Please, you know, <laughs> please, Lord. <laughs> Yeah. Another uh, peculiar thing that I read about is that, like, um, speaking of kids, there are less premature babies in hospitals now. Oh, stress is like, lower. That's not right. even, yeah, because, like, women are not traveling when they're pregnant. So, like, mm -hmm. there are virtually no premature babies in the hospital. And wow. I'm like, wow, are we really putting each other through that much stress that we're, like literally inducing women into like, having their children this early you know like it's crazy but but it makes sense right yeah, my wife thought she had some kind of sickness or cancer before when she was pregnant because she was riding the sky train this like you know and she got so nauseous you know when she was pregnant it was every day and she's like there must be something terribly wrong with me i'm like you know but just riding that commuting every day for an hour you know when you're super you know pregnant and you're just like waiting till the day you can stay at home you know and trying to work when you're you know everything is harder you know oh yeah I, definitely i can only imagine yeah, it's just gotten it's just gotten easier, and I think that I hope that the world changes because of this experience. I hope we don't go back to to what we were doing before, at least not full time, um, the way that we were doing things before. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, really what comes of everything in into the fall. My heart goes out to anybody who's working in education right now and is is assistive oh, yeah. men or. IT in in uh, education because you have to be super dynamic right now because you don't know if you're going to be in in the classroom out of the classroom you're going to shut down tomorrow if you're in the classroom I mean, it's just it's just kind of crazy that that uh, all of that is is having to be done and with limited resources right yeah remote remote school worked for us but our kids are a little tiny bit older I mean. I think for the, the youngest or the primary grades, the younger primaries anyway, you know, at least K through three or something, then the kids need some kind of supervision, probably, you know, a little bit more daycare slash education. But the older kids, my, my kids had no problems from like half an hour Zoom to four or five teams meetings or Zooms a day, you know, it depends on the age of the kid. But, you know, some, some kids maybe I've just got two great girls but you know it's like the you know i give them their list of homework and they they just tackled it you know and it's like it'd be a little bit harder if your attention was harder to focus maybe uh it's it definitely not easy for everyone to be at home and try to do school for sure well matt i'm def i'm definitely just gonna say that girls are definitely better than boys oh, on everything like we're uh, just I, superior so I'm, I'm ready i'm ready to agree on that as my life experience as a boy has taught me that i'm Terrible Thank students. you. Yes, we're, we're terrible, horrible things. Yes, we are. I'm glad that we all agree here, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, other than the initial 
surprise in, 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 in at, at their birth. I wasn't sure. I was like, I've only had brothers, so I didn't know. I was like, oh, a daughter. I don't know. What do you do with daughters? You but really got just, lucky. They're just out. awesome. They just been they've been super awesome and uh, delightful people oh, to live with, and they've taught me so much. And now they make me uh, vegan chocolate cakes and and are are very smart, awesome helpers. So yeah, I am I am hashtag blessed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm 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 team girl all the way. I don't want to say I'm I'm biased, but I'm totally biased. <laughs> um, well, You've been awesome to us. <laughs> oh, thanks, y'all. <laughs> it's been great working with you and having you on board, and uh, you've been nothing but awesome. <laughs> you guys have, have been great, too, for guys. <laughs> we, we, we set the bar low. We set the bar. <laughs> no, I love working with you guys, and I don't say that about everybody. I'm, I'm a tough critic. <laughs> Thank you to our Mac DevOps YVR 2020 sponsors. Our sponsors for Mac DevOps YVR, the conference 2020. Mac Stadium, our platinum sponsor. Thank you so much for helping us out. Sauce Labs, our gold sponsor. Simple MDM, our silver sponsor. And Adigy, our bronze sponsor, as well as Elastic, our community sponsor. Thank you so much. Uh, we couldn't do it without you, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests. And thank you to our co-hosts. Today's episode was edited by J.D. Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. Got my big boy pants on.